Hi, I'm Dan, and if you're new to homebrewing, so am I. Welcome to my adventures in homebrewing. Hey everybody, it's that time once more to go around the world one more time and have a beer or two along the way. Thanks for coming out. I'm Dan, and you know, it's been kind of great being back. Uh, you know, I guess last week was a bit of a comeback kind of uh, episode, which was kind of nice where I was talking about a lot of things. I was talking about making certain types of stouts, how they're made, a little bit about their history and what we've got going on here at the house. So yeah, things have been moving along. Uh, things are a little delayed just due to the fact there's, you know, life gets in the way and also things outside of that that you can't control get in the way. So uh, we've got a few things happening here in Ottawa that are kind of delaying things. And, you know, I, I got other responsibilities to I got, I got uh, taken care of. So, you know, you know how it goes. So this week, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how I installed a certain type of tap on my kegerator and not just any tap, but kind of a cool one. So uh, you're going to have to stay tuned and uh, check it out. And with that said, here are our sponsors, the boys from Spart uh, the boys from Escarpment Labs. <laughs> Hey, it's Dan here one more time, and I'm happy to say that we are now, or should I say my podcast, is now sponsored by Escarpment Laboratories, yeast production for the fermentation of the exceptional craft beer. Whether your kit is on the stovetop or in a commercial brew house, wholesale yeast and quality control for the profitable pro brewer, community engagement and education for the discerning home brewer. If you are a craft brewer and you love using quality yeast, then you really do need to check out Escarpment Laboratories. Dan here one more time to say thank you to the great people over at Brewer's Friend for the fantastic offer they have just given us. For all the new users of Brewer's Friend for their first year, you're going to receive 15% off. That's 50% savings on this great piece of software. And what is Brewer's Friend? Well, Brewer's Friend is a complete recipe designer, brew day planner, and journal. The details make the difference between an average batch of homebrew and a truly ex excellent brew that is repeatable. Brewer's Friend automates the details, guides you through the brewing process, and saves all the data. And how do you get all this fun stuff? Well, once you go in and you sign in and you go to sign up for Brewer's Friend and to get that 15% savings, you need to use the promo code PODCAST. That's all you got to do when you sign up. Type in podcast for the promo code and you will get 15% off. Again, thank you to the great people at Brewer's Friend for this, and I'll see you on the other side. Thanks a lot for coming out this week, guys. If you haven't noticed, I'm having a bit of a hard time talking. It's it's one of those weeks. So I meant to say the boys from Escarpment Laboratories. These guys are fantastic. If you haven't got a chance, go check them out. They're absolutely fantastic. Check out uh, also Brewer's Friend. Uh, they're fantastic guys and gals that put together some great software. Go check them out. There's, I'll put in the actual uh, discount code. You can go to uh, brewer's friend and get 15% uh, off of uh, your initial uh, registration for using the software. Trust me, you will not regret this. So this week, what, what are we going to talk about? We are going to talk about a kegerator, a tap, and how this guy actually figured out how to put it in with help. <laughs> Go figure. I would need help. That said, so um, as, as home brewers, we all like the idea of being able to have uh, beer on tap. And for the first little while, 
I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. It's a dream. It's this, it's that. It was, and I was getting tired of putting beer in bottles. That was getting to be a bit of a pain in the balls. Um, it's not that I don't do it. Uh, it's just that the idea of constantly having to, uh, if I want to have a beer, I have to go get a bottle, open it, I have to wash the bottle, save the bottle instead of it's a keg, put it in the kegerator and then open up a tap and put it in a glass. And then I just got to wash the glass. It's one less thing I have to worry about cleaning. Makes sense to me anyway. So over the course of me getting back into uh, making beer, I actually uh, got pretty good at making it as you do with practice. Um, but uh, we had a family friend or not family friend, I should say, an acquaintance that my wife and my daughter knew um, through horseback riding that uh, they reached out one day and said, hey, would your husband want a refrigerator? I'm like, sure, why not? I'll take a refrigerator. Then I came back and said, well, would he want a couple kegs? Would he want a CO2 cylinder? And I'm like, are they asking if I want a kegerator? And they came back, well, it's a beer fridge. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely I'll take it. But when I thought about it, thought about it, I'm like, no, it's a kegerator. So I said, yeah, absolutely. I'll give you money for it. But it just turned out the guy just wanted to wanted it to go to a home for someone who was going to use it. So here I am with this great kegerator, a bunch of kegs. And I'm like, this is great. Open it up. It needed a serious cleaning. So Everything got clean. All the lines got changed. The taps, the shanks, everything got changed and cleaned. Uh, when it came to the kegs, I rebuilt them all. I pulled out all the dip tubes because I don't know how long they had been sitting uh, in the condition they were in. Uh, I soaked all the kegs in PBW. I replaced all the O-rings, all the seals, you name it. They all work now. So... Everything's going great. But you know, as a home brewer, you get into it. And if you're like me, you like your dark beer. And you can't help but when you go somewhere like and you, and you want like a, a stout, you ask, do you have it on tap? And you do have it on a nitro tap. And you get a little disappointed when they say, no, it's not on, not on nitro, but we do have a stout. I'm like, oh, okay. Or do you, or then you ask, do you have Guinness in a can? Because then you know there's nitrogen inside of the can when you pour it, it's gonna have that nice beautiful cascading effect then it's gonna actually have that really cool uh smooth kind of full kind of mouth feel to it that's and that's kind of what we all look for when it comes to having a fantastic dark beer so come forward i actually like well I can do this. There's got to be a way to figure it out. So initially what I've been doing with my keg rater is, is that um, I have been having the keg and the CO2 cylinder actually inside of the actual, the actual chamber of the, of the uh, fridge and then the tap and whatever else is out the door, not out the top. It's the way it came. And it's worked like that. So what I had to do was I pulled out just the CO2 cylinder. Obviously, I disconnected it from uh, the, uh, the, the, the keg. And then I wanted to see if I can get another keg 
in there before I bought all my parts. So I'm able to get two five-gallon kegs inside my kegerator, but I'm not going to be able to get two cylinders in there. Why? Well, one, I want nitrogen, so I need a nitrogen tank, and then I also have a CO2 cylinder. So those two cylinders I want to have outside. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, I actually have to go through the side of the actual kegerator, and I need to have the gas lines go outside the wall and up to where I'm going to be having the, the cylinders placed. So what are you going to need to actually do this? Well, you're going to need a friend if you're not mechanically inclined. I'm kind of sort of am, but when it comes to things like drilling holes and fridges, I, I go to someone who's done it and knows what he's doing. So you need help from a friend. Peter, thank you. <laughs> I greatly appreciate it. And once everything's ready, you're coming back for some nitro beer. Uh, so you need, uh, a, you need help. You need a drill. You need a drill bit. Uh, you also need uh, a new shank. You're going to need a tap, and the taps aren't cheap. Uh, you're going to need Bevline. You're going to need a CO2, uh, a nitrogen cylinder, a nitrogen regulator. You're going to need gas line. I think that's everything I used. Hopefully. <laughs> As I go through, we'll see. Um, I'll be putting up links to, to all the stuff uh, that I used in the description below. Uh, please check it out when you can. Uh, and if you ever get a chance to go and check out some of the great stuff, go check out the guys at the BrewTubers. I'm going to put the actual, um, I'll put the, um, the link up here to the guys for the BrewTubers, not only on Instagram, but also the, their website. Fantastic. The YouTube page is better. Go check out the YouTube page. It's a lot better. And I'll put it right here. Um, check these boys out. They're fantastic. Um, so now that you have all this stuff, what are you going to do? Well, you need to make sure there are no lines or coolant lines going through the sides of the walls and things like that. So you need to actually go and look, do a little bit of Google searching to see if you can find the owner's manual to the fridge that you own uh, before you go put punching holes in the sides of things. Because if you punch a hole in the wrong spot, you're going to potentially ruin your fridge, then you're, you're euchred and then you're going to have to go get another one. So go and find your owner's manual for your appropriate fridge. So I did. And, and just by looking at it, when, when I opened it up, I could see there's that cold panel down the back end of it with all the lines there. But I got the owner's manual there. Just make sure. Because you never know. There, always, there could be lines going up around the sides and up over the top. So with that confirmed, and my buddy Peter also confirmed that the lines were all against the back, uh, we were able to come forward with a plan. So Peter came up with an actually pretty cool trick. He actually came with a propane uh, torch. And he actually heated up uh, a hole saw that's a little bit bigger than uh, the, uh, the, the red gas line, which I believe is 5 sixteenths. Uh, he heated it up and then melted. So it's a nice, even, smooth hole into the inside of the fridge. He made two holes for, because I'm going to have two tanks, so I need two lines. And we go, melted it, then took a pair of needle nose, needle nose pliers and felt around inside to make sure there were no gas lines that we were going to hit once we go to drill. So did that. And we're good. So we drill a pilot hole all the way through the outer wall. That way, when you go and drill, you're not going to be deviating and wobbling all the way around. So get your drill bit, 
that's the proper size. Uh, make sure that it's long enough to go all the way through the side of the fridge. Go through, punch it through, make your two holes, and there you go. Clean them out the best you can. And then you need to make sure that like the outer edges, because it's going to be metal or smooth. It doesn't puncture the gas line. So you want something to either file it down. Let me like a file or something, or just to bend them in. Uh, we used a uh, ratchet uh, extension arm and use it just to push everything in and, and bevel it inward. So it wasn't going to hurt anything. Once that's done, what you're going to do is now you have to plan how you want the lines to run. Well, for me, uh, I didn't want the lines up high, so I had them down low. Measured out with the line going in, how far in I want it to go. So for the way I'm going to be setting mine up, I got, what, two and a half meters worth of uh, red gas line. Fed them in, measured out how far to each keg each one was going to have to be. Sealed around it with uh, silicone so no air or no cold could possibly get out do that on the inside and the outside that way you know everything's sealed nothing's going to get going to get it out and nothing's going to be wonky for temperature then you run your lines to your actual tanks to make sure now that's the easy part all done sweet you're good to go but you're not just going to take your cylinder, put it in and hope it's all going to work. No. So you need to make sure when you buy this stuff that you're buying the correct gear to do it. You're going to need a nitrogen tank and it's going to be a little different than a CO2 tank, mainly because uh, up top where the valve is, normally what you're going to be doing is you're just going to be screwing on, you just screw on uh, to the actual uh, valve itself or the yeah the valve for the uh, actual tank and away you go with the co2 cylinder with the actual nitrogen tank the nitrogen regulator actually has a male part that has to fit inside of a female fitting on a nitrogen tank and then gets tightened up and go from there then the nitrogen tank is still shut off valve still got a va shut off valve on the regulator and you can actually control your pressure and everything else like you would a normal regulator then you're going to need uh some gas ball locks uh did quick did quick disconnects get those on with swivel nuts and then you're you're laughing that's the, that's the easy part and also kind of the hard part mm. now the heart that i found the hardest part of this whole build was actually uh making sure that the shank and everything else fit properly and worked so for me, I used a uh, micro micro shank, which actually had two handle fittings on it. So I only needed one shank, but it looks like a rectangular block. And I'll put a picture of it right here uh, with two ports to put taps on. So one port got a regular beer tap. The other one got the nitro tap. Now, why did I do this? Well, space and to make it a little bit more cost efficient. Um, it kind of makes sense to do this, especially when you have a small kegerator, instead of having to go out, drill more holes into something and potentially ruin it, use what you have, make it work. So now that that's done, it's in. Now, when you bore out the hole, when you initially make the hole for your first shank, 
nine times out of 10, the shank's going to, a shank's a shank's a shank. It's going to fit. Just make sure when you actually fit this style of uh, tap or shank up against the, the hole of the actual uh, door or where you the shank's going through, it's covered. Because otherwise, there's a lot of cold air is going to be escaping. And you really don't want that. That's no fun for anybody. So make sure it's covered. Now, once that's done, you got you have all your taps on. You need a, um, a tap wrench to tighten down on the actual uh, the nuts, the locks, to make sure everything's tight and you're good to go. It's hard to try and keep the tap straight. I admit it because you can get on there with a wrench and you can tie it. In. You don't want to break the door. You just get it as snug as possible. Uh, from there, now the hard, the hardest part of this whole thing, because it's so tight, it's getting the bev line on. Now, bev line is only, I think, about three sixteenths or something like that. It's small. So you need to heat it up. So you're going to get a, like, maybe a kettle full of uh, hot water or boiling hot water, and you'll soak the lines in that. Now, here comes the tricky part. Once you've let, got these things warmed up and they're hot, you actually have to get them on quick before they cool down because then it becomes a real pain in the you know what once they're there you need to actually force them both on at the same time that way they're snug and nothing is going to come out once you're good we go with that you're good they're nothing once they're on nothing's going to take them off trust me they're there's they're pretty solid oh sorry guys my eyes were a little itchy and i'm gonna have a drink of tea so things are, are good now when it comes to actually serving the beer now you figure oh, i'm just going to open the tap and go it doesn't really work like that with a nitrogen tap you need to set your regular from what i've read and what i've been told by guys who've done this is set the regular regulator to uh, 30 psi and it needs to be feeding into your actual, obviously, into your keg. But you just don't do it uh, via the regular gas port. So if you have a corny keg like I do, you can get a lid with a gas ball lock post on it. You pick that up. Pick up some Bevline. Get a carb stone. Put them together marry them now make sure everything's clean and sanitized you'll fill your keg full of your partially carbonated beer so you only want the beer to be partially carbonated away so if you're using co2 like I, I do only let it go for maybe a day uh in your bright if you have a bright tank or if you do it inside of your keg uh only shake rattle roll it uh, for and maybe five minutes or so, you just need to get a little bit of that CO2 in there to give a little bit of something, something. Then once that's there, you actually put on your actual lid for your nitrogen, lock it, you'll fill it up, purge all the air out of it with CO2. Then you'll put your nitrogen tap, uh, po um, quick, quick disconnect on. And you'll have that inside your fridge, put on your actual liquid for your beer, and that's ready to roll. Then you just let it sit for a minute. Let it sit for a day. Give it time for the nitrogen to get into it. 
So now when it comes time to pour, you're going to open that tap all the way. Let it be. Fill your glass up halfway, maybe even three quarters. Turn the tap off. Let it sit. And you've got that beautiful cascading effect coming down, coming down, coming down. Push the handle back. And it's going to fill it up the rest of the way, and it's not going to cause the beer to foam, which is kind of what you want. And that's the way the stout taps, at least for the nitrogen stout taps, are designed. So when you do things like that, you avoid the silliness of overflow mess and whatnot. It, it Honestly, when it's done right, it's a beautiful thing to watch. So once that's done, you're ready to rock and roll. Finding actual beer gas in Ottawa is, is a bit of, um, what can I say? A bit of an adventure, shall we say. And that's what we're all about here is adventures. So I had to call around a lot. There's one person here in Ottawa that does beer gas. Fantastic. So I got to make a trip out to them. Uh, their name, it's, if you're in Ottawa, Davidson's Fire Extinguishers are uh, fantastic uh I, i'm going to be going and visiting them soon they're on percy street in ottawa in downtown so i don't know how crazy it is right now due to all the uh, trucker protests so take it with a grain of salt and uh yeah i'm gonna get it filled and then uh, i guess that's what's filled when that's filled i gotta really uh get off the pot uh shall we say and uh get some stouts and maybe even uh kill kenny clone made so yeah that's about it guys so that was my adventure of building a kegerator so i'm gonna have pictures up along the way in this video you probably saw them already if you haven't seen it guys uh, if you're only listening to me on spotify i'm sorry uh come over to the actual actual website uh, my adventures in homebrewing.beer and check it out if you haven't checked out my website please do you'll find all the current uh all the current episodes up there you'll find some of the stuff i love to use and, and i'm trying to constantly update it uh i'm also looking to see if there's anybody out there who would like to come on the show and tell me about their adventure and how they got into it and everything else and what they found along the way so awesome that's it for this week guys thanks a lot and uh i'm dan and i'll see you on, on the other side mm -hmm.